0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Podcast 95. I've been thinking quite a bit more about the Founders Pack, and in order to discuss my rambly thoughts on it, I will first have to talk about Play to Win, so hopefully you'll enjoy the show. in life for free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. So in order to better understand my ramblings about the Founders Pack, continuing sort of from last podcast. I think it might help people to understand if they do not already. Pay to Win has come up kind of mostly because of the free-to-play games. And it is whenever there are items or characters or other stuff that is pretty much considered required in order to do well and progress and or, you know, win the game as it were. If, as example, you are playing a shooter type game and you had something like a sniper rifle, if there was a big badass sniper rifle that cost five dollars real world money and then it had you know ten percent better stats, that would be considered something which is pay to win. There is an awful lot of hate toward that kind of model, and I would agree you know if you have a free to play game, there shouldn't be items like that that give you you know, an advantage over other people who cannot afford the item. I do sort of have mixed feelings about games which have those kind of items, but also sell them for, you know, in-game money that you can earn over time for free. Because then still, you know, it still is typically, you know, somebody who pays real-world money or somebody who has a lot of that in-game money laying around. You know, they have an advantage over other people. Typically, people frown on that and do not enjoy it. Typically, the kind of content people want, which is, you know, supporting a free to play model, are purchases which do not give you an advantage. Things like if you had a game where there were hats and clothing and you got some, you know, special hats or clothing type options and they were only available through, you know, paying for them. Say you got a cool steampunk hat with goggles or something and that cost you a dollar and it has like no stats at all. You know, something like that is typically looked at as okay for generating money for free-to-play games, or, you know, compared to a game where you pay maybe, you know, full price for the box, and all of the items are locked, and then you earn, you know, in-game money or credits or, you know, talent points or whatever in the game, and then you unlock them over time. You know, an unlock system is totally okay by most people. But if you can instead, you know, pay real world money to cause those unlocks to happen faster, usually that's kind of frowned upon and it is classified under the pay to win category. And there's a lot of people putting out a lot of hate for pay to win models. So that's kind of just a little brief rambling about pay to win, because I think understanding that will possibly help you ponder my thoughts on the main section for this podcast. And so, I will stop here and transition to that section. So over the past week, mostly the time right after I posted my last podcast and talked about the Founders Packs, I've been thinking about it a little bit more, and, you know, if I did buy the Founders Pack, you know, thoughts on how I would feel about that personally, you know, supporting something that isn't out yet and I don't know if I actually like it, but also I was thinking from a role-playing standpoint, you know, what items and stuff would I use, and... You know, how would other people perceive me as somebody who has this stuff that they don't have? Over the last weekend, there was a ton of coverage for the beta weekend. Lots of people posting streams, lots of people posting just general posts about the game. And there was a ton of hatred for the Founders Pack people. Ranging from, I guess you could call it more casual comments of, you know, Law, why would you pay so much money for something that's free? All the way to flat out what seemed like utter immediate hatred and sort of uh, type of elitism or maybe, you know, backlash against elitism. And so since I started seeing that and seeing so much of it, I have been sort of pondering, you know, why that is. I myself have been pondering getting it because, you know, you get access to A race, which I guess you get access to, you know, if you pay or use in-game monies. But, you know, it's a special variant of the race with a special variant of clothing and a special type of mount with, you know, a unique look. And you can get things like, you know, the drow race and play a drow without having to spend the money. You can maybe get a spider mount, but it won't, you know, have the special armored look. But those might be cool to have from a role-playing standpoint. Also, I would get things like more character slots and I'd get a bunch of the in-game currency they use. So in theory, you know, I could buy outfits or, you know, when they come out with more races and more classes, I could just, you know, buy them without having to worry about it. I've already got, you know, the in-game money for it. But I was thinking about it from a player standpoint. You know, all this hatred is out there. If I chose to play somebody of the special race and, you know, using the special mount, Would I see that kind of instant hatred against me when I'm in a game? Back in 1999, almost 15 years ago now, quite a long time ago, I used to play a Dark Elf cleric. And there wasn't really direct racial hatred per se, but there was a lot of indirect, sort of, I guess you could say racial prejudice. Back in EverQuest, none of the factions were separated as they are now. You could have evil races playing with good races in the same group. It was perfectly fine for the game. There was, you know, racial hatred, as it were, by the NPCs. So, you know, an evil race couldn't go to a good race's city. You know, the, the people would instantly attack them and, you know, go out of their way to try and kill that character. So I think that caused a lot of sort of maybe unconscious racism. You would see a lot of the people who were, you know, of the quote-unquote good races joining together and making groups and traveling together, you know, because, you know, nobody would get attacked from their group. By the way, ever since back then, you know, I would always see, you know, this sort of pattern in terms of sociology of who would group with who and who would avoid who and how they would be, you know, treated of a certain race. And so it kind of surprised me to see all of these posts about, you know, the Founders Pack getting so much hate. And I thought, you know, if I was playing, you know, a Dark Elf slash Drow, you know, in the game of this particular heritage, would I still get that kind of hatred in the game? Would it be flat-out racism in the game? In terms of role-playing, you know, there's no guarantee that character is you know, of the philosophy that you assume they are. Say, as example, you know, there was a human female once upon a time and some drow came in and raided the area and did very bad things to the people. You know, maybe she got pregnant and maybe she had a child and that child was, you know, half drow but raised, you know, as a human in the human area, but they look totally like a drow. You know, players aren't going to know that you know, without talking to the player of that character. If they just flat out start hating them, you know, that's going to be a racial thing. They don't know that the player has designed the character and thought out the character like that, you know, as a role player might do. You know, similarly, they might not know that somebody like me, if I did decide to pick up this pack, you know, maybe I am doing it for role playing reasons. Maybe I am doing it for the extra character slots. Maybe I am doing it because I wanted instant access to the foundry so I could design dungeons. They don't know that, you know, it's been like 20 years since I've been a GM. And it's something, you know, I really miss playing with other people, even though, you know, in this case, I wouldn't be playing directly. But, you know, I could put dungeons out there, you know, as soon as I start the game. And other people could rate them and, you know, maybe talk to me about them and say, hey, I really like this and like this and when's the next one coming out? You know, they wouldn't know any of that. They would just be basing an assumption on, You know, what is the race that I'm playing? What is the mount that I'm using? You know, what special collector item clothing am I wearing? You know, there's a lot of kind of hatred towards them. If you look at something like a collector's edition, typically people don't react like that. Collector editions will have cool stuff and they're like, oh, cool. How'd you get that mount or that pet or that outfit? And they'd be like, oh, it came in a special collector's edition. And they'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't seen that. You know, it's not this flat-out hatred that you're seeing on the boards for people who have bought the Founders' Pack. So it makes me wonder, is there some kind of classism or elitism, or backlash to elitism, I guess, that players are assuming and carrying over and pushing on to other players? You know, that person spent $200 on the Founders' Pack. Oh, I hate them because they're stupid. You know, why would they spend that much money on it? They get all this special stuff I can't have. I hate them for getting the special stuff. You know, things like that just strike me as kind of odd. It's like, how can somebody make an instant judgment like that without knowing anything, you know, about the person or the motivation behind the, the reasons for the purchase? Really, the primary reason for getting a Founders Pack is to sort of show your support for the developers, and say, hey, thanks for this cool thing, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, you wind up getting some extra stuff in the process, which is pretty cool. I think where the instant hate comes in is sort of that elitism, that you got something that other people didn't. And while I think it is unfair for them to judge, you know, based on what it is and not actually seeing the in-game stats yet, I can sort of understand where they're coming from. I mean, somebody is getting something they, they can't get or they don't get. Or they are, you know, unwilling to pay for the, you know, in this case, like a $200 boundary package themselves. So they're just maybe kind of angry that somebody else can afford to do that. But again, you know, even if you just look at the money, you know, even still you don't really know what the reasons are behind that person's decision. Maybe that $200 was that person's budget for the entire year. Maybe that was just one weekend's worth of money that somebody would otherwise spend going out to movies and dancing and maybe getting some drinks. You know, so for them, it's like no big deal. It's like average weekend. Or maybe, you know, for somebody like me, you know, maybe somebody could send me one as a gift. I would not refuse it. That would be very cool. But whatever the reasons, be it racism towards the character and that, you know, translates over to something subconsciously in the player. Or maybe it's some kind of classism where the player, you know, hates the other player because they can't afford the game. And, you know, maybe they would have wanted to or maybe they can't quite grasp why somebody would spend, you know, $200 or in the the lesser case, $60 on something that, you know, otherwise would be free. Or maybe, you know, it's elitism. They don't want to be missing something that other people are getting. You know, they want access to everything, whatever the reasons They all struck me as kind of strange because thinking back to my youth when I was doing, you know, pen and paper gaming or other kind of gaming, you know, it's like you wouldn't be mad at your friends for stuff they had. You might be jealous and you might be sad, but you wouldn't go, Oh my God, I hate you because you have all these books from the developers and you're so stupid for getting every last book. It's like you never saw that. You might go, Oh, that's kind of cool. You have like all the books. Can I borrow this one and this one to work on my character some? You know, people would be a lot more friendly towards other people who had, you know, the special collection or the entire collection. They weren't going around and outright attacking them like I've seen people attacking other people for the Founders Packs lately. So when I saw, you know, so much hatred and so much attack for something, you know, that people don't even really know the full story on, they don't know you know, the reasons why the person's getting it. And since we can't get into the game yet, you know, we don't even really know what kind of impact these will have. If it is indeed pay to win, or if it is indeed just, you know, this is a different flavor of something, and you could get something else with the exact same stats, it just looks different. We don't know. I suppose, as the saying goes, haters are always going to hate. But it strikes me really curious as why so many people are so eager to attack other people who are getting either of the founders packs, be it, you know, the $60 one or the $200 one, or, you know, in the case of Not never winter, you know, whatever their founders packs are. So it seems kind of strange that people are so quick to attack others who are buying the founders packs and who, you know, when you ask them in most cases will say, oh, I'm buying it because I want. To support the developers and show, you know, appreciation for this game that's coming that I'm very interested in. You know, it seems odd that people, you know, are attacking other people for basically wanting to support the developers and support the game that they think they might love. Victory. I don't know what else to say for another section. I had some time to try and think about it, and some bad stuff happened, which I'll talk about in a close. So I really couldn't come up with anything. Nothing new is happening. Still just playing Dead Space 3 and trying to get through Alice. So nothing new really on games for me. So I guess I will do a reminder for you to blow out your system. And if that's the only reminder you need, you don't need a whole big long explanation. Fast forward about seven minutes and you'll be in the close. Here is the hardware gaming tip for dusting out your computer. You'll just need a can of compressed air. So for this, um, depending how dusty your system is, and for those of you who have never done it, it's going to be horrible probably, so you'll, you'll definitely want to take it outside. But if it's kind of sort of not really that dusty, you might want to just go ahead and leave it inside. The thing is that if it is pretty dusty, when you do those sprays, it'll kind of swirl around and kick back in your face if um, you're in a closed space. So if you don't have a lot of room, like, you know, you don't have space to pull it out from under your desk, say, or, um, you know, you don't want to take it all the way outside, um, be really, really super careful. And I'd I'd recommend that you just go ahead and, you know, switch it off and turn off the power at the back of the power supply and then just go ahead and carry it outside just to be safe. Um, You know, don't drop it or anything, but I I would rather you guys go through the pain in the butt of that than have dust kicking back in your face cuz you know it gets you in your eyes and your lungs and that's that's no good. So we want you to cover up your eyes with um just kind of anything. Just sunglasses are fine. If you have like safety goggles, those are even better. Um it's it's usually not that big of an issue cuz you can usually stretch your arm out and be, you know, at arm's length and it's, you know, you aim and you'll be fine. Um if you have one of those painter masks to cover your face as well, uh, that would be great. If not, and the system is super dusty, um, you might wanna take like a paper towel or something, put it under the sunglasses. Just, you know, to be doubly sure you don't accidentally inhale any any uh, vicious dust bunnies that might come flying at you. So what you wanna do is uh, shut off the system. If it's on a power strip, shut off the power strip. I always recommend you shut off the power supply switch on the back of the power supply. Just don't forget that you did that because if you forget to turn it back on, you, you might think your system's dead and, and freak out and that would be bad. So what you, what you do then is, if you know, like I said, if it's super dusty, you'll want to detach it and take it outside, which I would recommend you do if you haven't done this before. Um, some of you may actually not need to do this if you have a new system, and it's got those washable air filters, you just wash those. But if you uh take it outside, take leave it inside either or uh the first step will be obviously to put on the glasses and mask. And be sure that your can of air has enough air. Um if it's almost empty, you'll want to get a new one, obviously, before you do this. And then what you'll do is um just unscrew the the face plate on the side of the system and then pop that off. So you've got the I guess you could call it the left side of the system, if you were looking at it. Your left, not the left of the system. Uh, I suppose technically it's the top of the system. But nobody nobody puts their system like that anymore, so it's, it's the side. It's the side you always open to get to stuff. So that's the side you open. And then what I recommend you do is blow, uh, sort of top down, I guess you could say, if there is a fan on top, you'll you'll want to start with that and then um, go inside and do above the optical drive and then the top, I guess, third of the motherboard. And then you'll want to do the CPU and, uh, well, you know, not the CPU because it's covered, but, you know, whatever is cooling your CPU and then uh, get those fan bits there. And again, if if it's really dirty in the fans, you might want to get a Q-tip and then clean out each blade. It, you shouldn't need to do that, though. Um, The air should be enough on its own. However, uh, the fan will probably go vroom, and, like, spin around when you blow it. So you might want to take your finger and kind of hold it, you know, put your finger on the center of the fan blade. So it doesn't do that. So, you know, you have to hold it in place with your finger. Don't push too hard. You know, put push kind of gently, just enough to hold it from getting blown in a circle. Though you might want to do it because it's funny, just to check it out. And then you'll want to um, wait for the dust to settle a few seconds and then blow off the middle section, sort of, you know, the, where the graphics card and the hard drive typically are. And then if you have a second video card or other adding cards like sound card or something, you know, wait a few seconds for the, the dust to sell from that and then do them. And then you'll want to do the bottom. And the bottom is the really risky part because that's where all of the dust will settle to. And if it has been a while, there may be you know, huge piles of dust in the corner. If that is the case, you might want to take some paper towels and um, sort of scoop around at the bottom before blowing. And then um, I always recommend after you blow, you do that anyways, just to be sure, you know, you get stuff that you can't blow. So that's my tips. Um, An advanced tip, I guess, is you can kind of sort of lean it towards you just a little bit, not a huge amount. Maybe I would guess 10 to 15 degrees. Um, you know, that's uh, a 45 degree angle and then half of that and then half of that. Just kind of, you know, pick it up a couple inches off that one side. And that um, that sometimes helps when you blow the the dust bunnies will sort of fall out of the case instead of falling to the bottom or, you know, on whatever part is below it. So I recommend uh, everybody do that who has not done it it will help keep the system uh breathing better as it were and we all know that breathing better is good in terms of computerness uh breathing better helps the parts to keep cooler which um you know helps them to not overheat and not heat up as much because when things heat up more they tend to perform not quite as well so you always want the parts cooler you know ideally And I would recommend you probably do this about every six to eight months. Obviously, once you've done the big blowing, then um, it just needs a little, you know, maybe one minute, you know, every now and then. It's not a huge deal. Just enough to be sure that stuff doesn't pile up on it. If you have pets or you live in an area that is particularly dusty, then you might want to do it more often, maybe four to six months. If you have pets, though, Uh, especially if you have a lot of pets you really might want to consider one of the newer cases that do have the washable filters because you know if a lot of pet hair gets in there it could be really bad really quickly and um you know fire look out so i recommend uh not letting that happen so that's my hardware tip for this time and um happy computing i guess So I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings. As I mentioned on Thursday morning, there was some time to still try and think about some stuff and do a recording session and talk about some other stuff, but I needed to get my oil changed. So I went and did that, and at the place, the guy said, oh, I found a nail or screw in your front tire, and you should go check that out somewhere that can fix it. So I spent the time to drive up to the place near my work because there's, you know, a chain of tire place that does it that I go to. And usually they'll do it free. But because the tire was one of the old ones, I had two on there that had like about 5,000 miles left that they said, you know, you should change them pretty soon. And for me, it's like a year, year and a half. So I wasn't really worried about it. But apparently, because it is an older tire, and I guess uh, the way that they fix the tires they punch a bigger hole than you know the item that is in there and then that tears up the inside a little bit so it does kind of destroy the structural integrity a little bit so because it is older and that would be you know damaging to the tire to fix it he said that it couldn't really be fixed so I had to replace either one tire or both tires and replacing one tire is a bad idea it's highly not recommended because it's very unsafe So that means um, for those of you who are regular listeners, you know, I, I just spent several hundred replacing two a few months ago and that, you know, I needed help with. And this time I had my tax money, but it basically took almost all of the tax money I had left. So while I did have tax money to cover it, now I have pretty much nothing in savings until I get extra hours and can build something up. So, there went any kind of nice savings for the short term for another year. You know, I will build up some in the summer because that's when I get most of my hours. But it's like, you know, any thoughts of doing anything really nice, you know, maybe a little surprise for myself or having, you know, some money saved up in case some games do come up that I don't know about that, you know, I really want to get. And it's like, I could have been like, yeah, I could get that. You know, I have some money in savings. I could spend that and get the game. Now it's like, that's almost impossible, because now I've lost another 175 bucks that I otherwise wouldn't have needed to spend for another year, year and a half. So, not very fun way to spend Valentine's Day so far for me, let alone, you know, even though it's just a regular Thursday for me. Nothing really going on with me that is new lately, except for, you know, the bad news of that. You know, nothing new in, in gaming. Neverwinter had their first of the beta weekends last weekend. So, you know, I've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast. And now there is a ton and a half of footage and articles about the beta weekend. And you can pretty much find out everything you want to know about Neverwinter. So I recommend if you are interested in that, just go to YouTube and type in Neverwinter and maybe limit it to like, you know, whatever period covers last weekend or. Maybe say, you know, Beta Weekend. And you get tons and tons and tons and tons of stream footage that people have saved. Some of which is kind of short. You know, maybe 5 to 15 minutes. But for those interested, there are several streams. Which are, you know, hour or two hours long. And you can see them go and play for a bit and go through a dungeon. I spent quite a bit of time doing that lately. Also, at the same time, there was the Defiance Beta Weekend. Which, I guess, is still under heavy NDA, and I can't talk about it. I have recorded my ramblings about my thoughts on it. Almost 20 minutes worth of ramblings. So as soon as the NDA drops, I can just slot that into whatever podcast is coming up and talk about that. But for some reason, they're keeping the NDA up, and I don't know why. Because the game is due out in, like, two months. You know, it's due out in April when the show starts. So it's not like they can delay the game. They have to have the game launched right when the show starts because it's, you know, a tie-in thing. And it's like, that's not something that people in the news are talking about. So there's little to no media coverage of Defiance. And I think, you know, they really should get the word out there about what the game is, what it's like, and how it plays. Especially since they're technically going up against Neverwinter, who is launching in the same window. And Neverwinter is going to be totally free to play. Granted, they are entirely different animals. Neverwinter is a fantasy-based action sort of MMOG standard, you know, style, but you know, action-based, so that's not so standard. Whereas Defiance is a third-person shooter, you know, in a science fiction setting. So they're kind of different animals, but still, in terms of people's attention, you know, Neverwinter has all of this attention. And Defiance coming out at the same time has no attention. Seems really kind of silly to me that they are holding back and keeping that NDA locked down and not letting anybody talk about it. It is Valentine's Day for me, so hopefully everybody had a good Valentine's Day when you are listening to this, because it will be, you know, after. Kind of sad for me, because, you know, I'm single and I don't have anybody around. And my only advice to you people would be. Let people know if you're interested in them. You know, you never know. Especially if you are a girl gamer. It's kind of like extra bonus points, you know, for being a gamer. So just go ahead and take a chance. Let them know. I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else to talk about. I have not seen Hansel and Gretel yet. Might this weekend. A friend said she really liked Warm Bodies, which I also want to see because it looks pretty funny. I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters, though. I probably will. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like one of the ones I need to really rush out and see in theaters especially since it's just me you know just by myself it's one of the reasons why i haven't rushed out to see hansel and gretel yet it's like you know it'd be really cool i'm I'm interested but it's just me so it's not like i really need to rush out and see it you know something like star trek into darkness you know i'll absolutely be there first weekend to be like yes you know then i'm fine with going by myself Because I expect, you know, maybe I'll see it again before it's out of theaters. I don't know, but most things are like, meh. You know, I I I would like to see it, but you know, motivation is difficult since it's just me, and nobody to share it with except for you people listening to my rambling. So not high on my priorities. Oh, I discovered the destruct sequence code actually doesn't work because the old RSS feed is .dot rss. And I guess the redirect code stuff only works if it's .html, which it's not, so I guess that doesn't work. So the old RSS feed will stay in place probably for a week, maybe two weeks more. I'm trying to confirm with iTunes that my returned podcast appearance is pointing to the new XML RSS feed, which is the correct form, I guess. And if it is, you know, then I'll I'll take out the old incorrect form pretty quick after that to make sure everybody is, um, you know, looking for it in the right place. So I guess that is it for this time. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Sometimes I'd stay up all night Wishing to God that I was the one that I Sometimes there's not enough time. But I didn't know I loved you so much. I didn't know I loved you so much. I didn't know I loved you so much. But I do. Someone at her. uh, You know, like the. You know, sort of. That's extra, you know, when you. Uh. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition! You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www dot rabbit dot com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html If you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you friend me you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit.com but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.